0: And now I'm going to invite our friends, Matt and Christine souder three Methodist missionaries to the Philippines, to come join me. Um, Matt and Christine and Kevin and I were all at Spring Harbor at the same time, so it's been really fun to, to watch and pray for them as they felt the call to ministry. I just invite you to introduce your family, and then you can share as you would like. Good morning, and good morning in Tagalog. Uh, that's the language that we have spent the past two years studying, uh, where we live in Manila, Philippines. And uh, I'm Christine. <laughs> this is Abby. <laughs> Uncle Pussy Chloe. That means I'm Chloe. And <laughs> this is Libby. And today is a special day. It's her fourth birthday today. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> But we are just so happy to be with you this morning, and we're so thankful for your support and prayers over the past two years. And we have felt your prayers, and we have felt your support, and we are just so grateful and thankful for it. Salamat po. That means thank you. Well, good morning. Like Christine said, it's so good to be here today again. It's been a good two three years since we've been here. So we've been in the Philippines the last two years. Uh, we were in the Philippines for one year as short-term missionaries, starting back in 2014. And we, were, uh, we came back to the States to raise funds for two years uh, so that we could go back as long-term, extended-term missionaries. So now we've been in the Philippines for the last two years. And we have been really studying the language the last two years. That has been our main goal. That's been our assignment, to learn as much of the language as possible. And it's not, it's not an easy language. It's not the hardest language in the world, but it's not the easiest. So uh, it's been a wonderful experience to be able to learn Tagalog, to be able to have conversations with people, and it makes life so much easier. To be able to speak the language in a country, uh, in a different country. So, and like Christine said, we're thankful for your prayers. Uh, we're thankful for uh, a loving family of God that we can come to. We feel at home always, and I think that's how it should be, right? We're all in this family together, and I and we've realized, especially in the Free Methodist Church that we really feel connected. So uh, I have a question for you. It's a simple question. Have you ever been called by God? It's a simple question. Have you ever been called by God? Yes? yes? OK. Well, I, I think last time we were here, I shared a story. I'm sure none of you remember the story. <laughs> But when I was 15, I'll briefly tell it again, when I was 15, I fell out of a truck going down the road and I ruptured my spleen. And I had to be taken by helicopter to Toledo. I'm from Wauseon, Ohio, only an hour away from here. So uh, I had to be taken to Toledo by, ho- by helicopter and the, the doctor said, that there's a good chance that I wasn't going to make it by the time the helicopter landed. And I really, uh, on that helicopter ride, I really realized that even though I had grown up in church, even though I had given my life to Jesus at an early age, I was still not completely living for him. I was really living for myself. And so on that helicopter ride, in in the middle of the night, I completely gave my life to Jesus. I offered myself to him and I I had a real life connection, a real life experience with Jesus that night. And it was the first time that I had had heard him calling me, the first time that I realized he was calling me to live a different type of life. In Romans chapter 12, verse one and two, it says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer, yourself, offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So that night in the helicopter ride, I felt God calling me, out of a life of sin and selfishness to a life that was holy and pleasing to him. And I made the commitment that night to do that. So that's kind of a little background of where I came from. Um, I want us to read though in the book of Samuel. First uh, Samuel chapter three, beginning in verse one. You can open your Bibles here. 1 Samuel chapter three, and it's, this has always been a very uh, meaningful chapter to me. It's the prophet Samuel's calling by God, and it's an amazing calling. And while you're turning there, I'll just give a little background into this scripture. So Hannah was, thought that she was barren. She couldn't have babies, and she desperately wanted to be a mother and so she promised God that if she could just become a mom, if she could have a baby, that she would dedicate him completely to the service of the Lord. And so God heard her, and became, she became pregnant, and she had a son named Samuel, which means God heard. And when Hannah had weaned Samuel, she took him to the temple at Shiloh and gave him to the high priest Eli so that he could be a servant in the temple. We don't know exactly how old Samuel was. Some some scholars say maybe he was about three years old. So Samuel grew up in the temple from a very early age. He lived in the temple. He slept in the temple. He helped the high priest Eli in the temple every day. He was like a full-time church boy. He was always at the temple. And so that's kind of where this scripture picks up here. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Says the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of, of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Amen. Wouldn't that be great if the Lord calls all of us that way? He does call some people that way. The scripture says Samuel was just a boy. He may have been a young man at that time. We know he was young. He slept in the same room as the Ark of God. And still, even though he was a full-time church boy, it says still he did not recognize the voice of God. And that made me think, even though people like me, who grew up in the church and did everything in the church, went to all the different, every time the church was open, we were there. But even me, people like me, maybe we can't even hear the voice of God. Maybe it's hard for us to recognize God's voice when he's calling us. In fact, I know people who the church told them, well, that couldn't be the voice of God calling you. I heard uh, someone say the church told them it couldn't be the voice of God because you're a woman and God doesn't call women in the ministry. I heard someone say, well, that couldn't be the voice of God because they were intellectually curious and God doesn't uh, call people unless they're absolutely without a doubt sure, and don't ask questions, the science is not of God. I heard someone say, well, that couldn't have been God calling you because you're disabled and if only you had enough faith, you'd be healed. It's sad, isn't it? Because I believe that God calls anyone and everyone. Amen? I think it's our job to listen and to obey when he is calling. So when I was, when we were all at Spring Arbor University uh, a few years ago, what is that? (laughs) 11 years ago, I think it was now for me. About 11, no, more than that, 13 years ago, (laughs) it was my sophomore year of college, and I I realized that I had gotten into a bad habit. I was praying, which that's good, but I was doing the one, I was the one talking. I was giving all my requests to God, and I wasn't giving him the time to talk back to me. I wasn't listening. I was talking, but not listening.
1: And I realized it.
0: And so I, I said, I need to take time just to sit down and listen to God. And I, I tried to find the, the quietest time in my dorm, which was lunchtime. And so during lunch, I went back to my room and I sat down on my couch and I said, Lord speak. And I heard Matt. And I looked around and there was no one there and I went down the hall and no one was there. I was sure someone was playing a joke on me. And so I went back and sat down on my couch and I said, Lord, speak to me. And I heard Matt. And I thought, oh, that's God calling me. That's God talking. And so at that time, I, I, I went through school to be a youth pastor. And... Uh, I, I was struggling because the Lord had given me uh, a gift, I think, a gift of languages to be able to speak and understand languages, and, and I picked it up pretty quickly. And I really was interested in other cultures, and, and I was thinking, if I'm gonna be a youth pastor, I do not need to have that. And I wanted to be a rich youth pastor. I realized later that's not that doesn't work usually <laughs> but I wanted to be a rich mega church youth pastor and I just didn't understand why God had given me these talents of language and a desire to learn in other cultures and so that day God called me and he said Matt one day you're gonna be my missionary and my, my my goal of being a megachurch-rich youth pastor died that day, but everything started to kind of fit into place. I understood why God gave me this uh, this talent, this gift of language, and a desire to learn about other cultures, and it all just started fitting and going into place. And that was. Uh, a very very special day in my life because I audibly was called by God and I I've never heard that again out loud but uh, God truly called me and I knew that I was gonna be a missionary I didn't know when or where but I knew that someday I was gonna be a missionary and I didn't know how Samuel-like my calling was. I didn't have someone like the high priest Eli to go ask him. But uh, I heard from the Lord. John chapter 10, verse 27 says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I think the best response we can have when God calls us is, here I am, Lord, speak, for your servant is listening. And I've repeated those words over and over again as the Lord's directed my path in our family's life. Um, I knew the Lord was calling me to be a missionary, so uh, a few years later, after my wife and I were married, we started looking into places to be missionaries. I was working in Indianapolis at the Free Methodist Headquarters with International Child Care Ministries, and the Lord our, our, So we decided we need to find a place to go because we're going to be missionaries so we started talking to some of the leaders and and uh, At that time I could speak Spanish fairly well and so I thought we should go to a Latin American country and we talked to the leader there and we were all set, we were gonna, they were gonna announce it, that we were going to Ecuador in South America. And right before, like the day before they were going to announce it and make it public, I got a call from the leader and she said, you can't go anymore, it's it's closed down. And I didn't even find out until I think three years later why. And that was so heartbreaking. And so we started looking at other places. I, I could speak French also. And so we looked into Rwanda, because Rwanda, they changed the language from, the, the national language from French to English. And the teachers didn't know how to speak English very well. So we were gonna go teach the teachers English so that they could teach English. And the door closed very quickly on that. It didn't, it didn't open up. And we realized that well, we're, we're taking the place of God. We're trying to find all these places and we're not letting God take, uh, take control of it. So we decided just to take a step back and say, okay, Lord, in your timing, open the door for us. And so about six years ago now, I was also a youth pastor in Indianapolis. So my, my passion for youth never died also. Um, and about six years ago, we, we started feeling this stirring in our heart. And we didn't know exactly what, but we knew that God was wanting to talk to us. And we didn't realize that the area director for Free Methodist World Missions, his name was David Yardy at that time, we didn't know that the Lord was stirring in his heart as well. And he came to us and he said, usually I don't do this, but I really think the Lord is calling you to be missionaries in the Philippines. And he didn't even know that we, were, uh, that we wanted to be missionaries. And we prayed about it, and we really felt like that's what God wanted us to do. And the door opened wide for us. And we were able to go back in 2014 for the first time, and it's been just an amazing experience being in the Philippines. And uh, all we could do when the Lord called us was say, here I am, Lord, speak. your servant is listening. So, when my family was first preparing to go back in 2014, you know, as missionaries, we have to raise all of your support. You have to raise 100% in the bank, and then also 100% commitments as well, pledges. And it's a lot of money that we have to raise as missionaries. And... So the very first time, we had planned our departure date in October 2014, and it was two weeks out, and we were only at 80% funded. And we were, we were trying to teach Chloe, who was only two at the time, that we need to trust God because he provides for our needs. And we were trusting him still, but we were asking him to kind of hurry it along because It's only two weeks away and we got a check that Saturday morning in the mail and that check was the exact 20% that we needed to the cent to be able to be 100% funded and we were so happy and the Lord we just knew the Lord provided and my wife was crying and Chloe walked in and she said why are you crying mommy? And we explained, oh, the Lord provided. We we're able to go to the Philippines now. And she just said, see? All you have to do is trust in God and he'll provide. <laughs> just as simple as that, isn't it? And so we had been reading in, in Exodus about the time when Joshua crossed the Jordan River on dry ground, just like Moses had done. And he took these 12 stones from the riverbed and built an altar to God and so we, we found a stone outside and Chloe painted it all pretty and we wrote the date on the back. And we have that stone now as a reminder of God's faithfulness, that in 2014, God was faithful and he provided. So now we have it and we know that God is faithful today. And because of his faithfulness in the past, we can trust and believe in his faithfulness for our future. And then, because in 2 Corinthians it tells us, and God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So, as we came back in 2000, uh, when we were preparing to go, it was 2017, it was February. And I was, I had a part time job. I was working at Big B Coffee as a barista. Um. Yeah, and uh, I I really loved that job because we were able. I was able to raise a little bit of more money for our family, and uh, I had some really great conversations with people. I'd get to be with people every day, and most of my coworkers were not Christians, so we had great conversations about Jesus, and the Lord started talking to me, and He said. I want you to quit your job. And I, I just thought, oh, Lord, I love this job, and I'm, and I'm able to talk to people about Jesus, and he said, you need to quit. And it didn't make any sense to me. But all you can say is, what? Here I am, Lord, speak for your servant who's listening. And then be obedient. So, I quit my job, and that week, Oh, I didn't tell you. We were only 56% funded, and we were wanting to go that uh, in a few months. We were only 56%. And that week I quit my job, we got so many calls from pastors uh, saying we, we want to support you, in, and in, in two months' time, we went from 56% funded to 100%. And so we found another stone, Chloe and Libby painted at this time. And we have 2017 on the back. Because God was faithful in 2017. He was faithful in 2014. And we know that he will be faithful in the future. So that's been uh, an amazing thing that God has done for us. And Christine and I, we've been able to see throughout our entire life how the Lord has provided in every way. And uh, when we were in the Philippines this last time, he gave us a very clear vision uh, for what we, he wanted us to do in the future for our ministry. And it's to do a college campus ministry in, the Phili- in Manila, the capital. And so now we've been in there for two years learning Tagalog. And as we go back, I have, we go back at the end of August, I think I have about six or eight weeks left of language school, and then we can start the ministry finally. Because with my personality, I just really wanted to jump in and start the ministry right away, but very wise people said that we need to do language first. And that's been very, very wise. Because to be able to tell someone about Jesus in their own language makes a world of difference. And to be able to speak to people, to have conversations with people in their own language tears down 10 different walls, and we're able to meet them where they are and not have to speak in a second language of theirs or something. So it's been so good to learn language. We've, been, we've begun prayer walks around the campus already, and in February, we moved to a new house that's really close to the university. It's the University of the Philippines. It's a huge, huge campus. I think there's 1,200 acres of campus and a lot of students. And so we've just been praying that the Lord will open doors for us, that he'll provide uh, clear paths to people. And there's just so many people. It's, and when we take our kids, it's the people just kind of surround us. They wanna meet our kids. So that's an amazing tool also. And it's, it's really a family ministry. We're, starting, we're doing this with our whole family we, what we want to do is build relationships with these students by just meeting them, and we want to invite them to our home. We want to invite them to Bible study and share the gospel with them. And as we share the gospel, we want to train them and equip them so that when they graduate, we're sending them out into the world to be able to share the gospel with others as well. And not just Filipino students, but also international students as well. We've already had some, there's been uh, inter-varsity ministries that's contacted us as well about international student ministry. So the Lord is providing the path, he's paving the way, and we ask you to pray because we know that we've been called. We know that the Lord is providing the way and we'd like you to pray with us. We, we invite you to pray that the Holy Spirit will go ahead and open people's hearts, students' hearts, so that when we go and talk to them, that it'll just be easy. The Lord will open it. And so we pray for the ministry. We ask you to pray for our family as well. We're also homeschooling over there, and that's been a good, a good experience as well. So we just ask that you pray with us. We also ask that you pray for our finances. We're 80% funded right now, and so we just have to be funded by the end of the year. So we're doing okay, but we just ask that you pray for that as well, as we're going out every weekend and speaking at different churches. So we know that we were called, and I believe that each and every one of you is also being called by God. We all have something that God wants us to do. Whether it's something simple, or whether it's a life-changing thing like move across to to the world, move across to the other side of the world. But God is calling all of us, and what can we do? We can just open our arms and say, here I am Lord, speak, for your servant is listening. And obey. We know Samuel was called and he responded. The disciples were called and they responded. Noah was called. Moses was called. They all responded, here I am, Lord. Speak, for your servant is listening. So that's all we can do. We can listen and obey. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for what you're doing here in Monroe and the surrounding areas. Father, we thank you for this partnership that we get to have. Father, we thank you for what's going on here and what's going on in the Philippines. We ask that your Holy Spirit just flows through these communities, Father. That each person in this church is given opportunities to meet new people, to talk about Jesus, to share their faith, Lord. I think we all know people who are not Christians. So, Father, use us in a mighty way. Pave the way, Lord. And, Lord, continue to call us. Continue to speak to us. Continue to guide us. And, Lord, provide for each person's needs. Lord, we ask this. You do that, and we, we give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory because it's not us, Lord, it's you. Father, we love you so much, and all we can say, Father, is here I am, Lord. Speak for your servant who is listening. So, Lord, speak to us. In your holy name we pray. Amen.